Welcome to the Advancing Dentistry Podcast. Join us for in-depth discussions from industry-leading dental experts speaking on hot topics in their specialties. Thank you for listening to our BioLays Advancing Dentistry Podcast. This is Dr. Stephen John, your host for this presentation. Thank you for joining us. I have to say that I'm really excited about this podcast series. We're extremely fortunate to have a very special guest joining us for an incredibly informative and educational discussion. For this podcast series, we will be focusing our discussions on diode laser therapy. You will have a better understanding of diode lasers in general and how laser therapy can help us with our patient treatment and maintenance. We'll also be discussing the pros and cons of adjunctive treatment, stressing biologically-based treatment, understanding what your expectations could be with the various options, and clearing up some myths about some of these treatments. The first part of our series today will be addressing the team approach. For those who question how this is relevant to dial therapy, it will be quite apparent as the podcast podcast progresses. So kick back and enjoy the ride. I'd like to introduce our listeners to Lynn Atkinson, dental hygienist extraordinaire. How now? She gave me her bio, and to be honest with you, if I read the entire bio, I know it'll take up the entire podcast. So here are the cliff note version of her bio. Lynn has been a dental hygienist for over 30 years. She's a WCLI laser certificate course in 1986, continual laser integration and hygiene practice for over 26 years, clinical hygiene director in Mission Viejo, California trains uh, dental professionals on the use and integration of lasers into the practice, teaches hands-on laser techniques and protocols, speaker on lasers, charting, diagnosis, verbiage, and whole team approach, authored several articles on lasers and optimum hygiene protocols, speaker and hygiene um, faculty for BioLays, produced the Epic, the Epic Hygiene Virtual Training and Hands-On, or excuse me, Virtual Training and Hands-On Training, Academy of Laser Dentistry Board of Directors as Auxiliary Chair, Speakers for Bureau for the Academy of Laser Dentistry, and to top off the list, recipient of the ALD 2022 Leon Goldman Clinical Excellence Award, which you guys, all the listeners, that is a really big deal. So congratulations, Lynn, for that. So I have to say, needless to say, Lynn is a perfect person for us to be able to address our subject and all the questions we have regarding the subject. Lynn, thank you for joining us. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Dr. John. Thank you so much for um, having me on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to um, a great little 45-minute hour presentation. You know, I got to tell you, seriously, I mean, when I found out that you're going to end up being uh, as part of our uh, speakers for go ahead and having these podcasts, I was just ecstatic. I mean, there's not a better person to have you to go ahead and go over the subject. There's so many things, honestly, that, you know, especially as being an imperio, uh, understand the water lays a lot about dial therapy that I have to say, I don't really know a lot. And I really need somebody to go ahead and kind of kind of explain it and things of that sort. So I know that in our next couple of series of podcasts, we started discussing the day of dial therapy that I know that actually is going to, you're going to be very informative and help me out to understand a lot of information. But before we go forward, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the fact that, that laser dentistry is really all about the practice and the team approach. So um, one of the things is that, that for like we talk about laser dentistry in general, and a lot of times people think that laser therapy is relatively new in dentistry, but you and I both know that that actually is not the case. So there's a lot of misinformation 
uh, mis uh, misconceptions um, about laser therapy. Later on, we'll go ahead and, and go ahead and clear up. Um, so before we start dissecting this dial therapy, I feel it's important that we take, we talk about the dynamics of the ideal practice and ideal patient care. So dentistry is truly a team approach. And um, I think that in today's discussion, I really want to kind of dwell into the whole idea of team approach because, of, because we do realize that the team is a very valuable way of, of uh, not only uh, um, have optimal patient care, but also for practice growth. So before we get started, Lynn, I know that you have four really important factors that you love to talk about and they're, feel very important. And we, I know in our brief discussion prior to, I was just purely amazed at, at the subject matter. So would you mind please explain to us what your uh, four big factors are and give a brief explanation of them? I would love to. So no matter if I'm speaking, training, working, um, talking with my team, um, I always hone in on four major factors. One of them is the whole team approach, because if we don't have the whole team involved, um, we're in our own little swim lane and we've got tunnel vision on and we will go nowhere as a team, as a practice. Um, so that whole team approach is, is super important. Um, if I go out and even do a hands-on or a training event at, at an office, um, I will bring the whole team on board. And for the first two hours um, is with the whole team. It's with the administrative team. It's with the clinical team. Um, they don't really understand why they have to be there so long <laughs> until we start getting into question and answers. And, and they start asking questions and they said, well, what would you do in a situation like this? Um, they get it once we go over all that. So that whole team approach is, is super important. And I know we're going to be covering that in our conversation today. Um, education is, is my second one. Um, I, I have been doing this for a very long time, but I never stop learning. I, I learn something new every day. Um, I learn from patients. I learn from team members. I learn from um, people that I'm training, I learn from doctors, and you just have to be out there and absorb it all and know that you haven't finished. When you think you know everything, you don't know anything. And then um, verbiage, I'm really, really big on verbiage. Um, <laughs> you can ask anybody here, they are <laughs> there's somebody shaking their head as they're leaving. Um, I'm really big on verbiage, what to say and what not to say. It comes very natural to me. Um, they, they tend to say when I come up here and if I ever am at the, um, the front office, they, go, they answer the phone and they go, never fails. When I come up here and you answer the phone, <laughs> I say things like cleaning and we don't say that around here. You know, that's, that's a bad word around here. Or they, they say something that they know they shouldn't be saying, but a lot of times they catch themselves. So it's just practice, practice, practice. Um, so verbiage is, is a big thing. And I think we're going to spend some time on that. And then, of course, safety, not only with, um, you know, in the in di different dental procedures, but specifically in laser safety, because if you don't have that laser safety and everyone doesn't isn't aware of it, the whole team needs to know about laser safety. Completely agree with that. It's interesting because I think that all different types of aspects of what we do in, in dentistry 
you know, somebody may think about, oh, that's simple, that's easy, but we really have to kind of be aware of uh, really what we do. Even placing the antibiotics subjunctively, you know, there's a safety factor with it. And so I think that we don't, we sometimes forget the fact that we actually are treating patients as a whole, and we need to really kind of be cognizant of really how we're taking, taking care of, uh, of taking care of our patients. So with the team approach, Let's go back to the team approach a little bit. And hopefully, uh, as we talked about the team approach, which you started to, that's one of the factors, let's dwell into it a little bit further, because uh, I firmly believe that the team approach is the way to go. Now, when I was younger, okay, and I went out of dentistry, I was the boss. I'm the doctor. I'm the boss. I say what we're going to do. And doggone it, I don't care. This is what, I, what we're going to do. And I know best. Okay. So when the team approach kind of came up, it was like, oh, this is a whole new concept. You mean for me to listen to what other people have to say? What? They don't know what they're talking about because I'm the doctor. So I have learned the hard way <laughs> that there actually is a team approach and it really is important to go ahead and listen to it. So could you please kind of help the listeners understand kind of the ideal, the team approach, really kind of what are we trying to end up, end up uh, accomplishing with, with the team approach? Well, the team approach, it's, it's a win-win situation. It's, it's a win for your patients because your patients come in and, and they see different team members. They see the doctor, they see the hygienist. Um, the doctor walks out of treatment and the assistant's standing there. And inevitably, they're going to ask that team member or that assistant, what did he just say or what did she just say? why do I need this treatment? And if, if you don't have everyone on board to be able to explain that information, um, it, you lose trust in the patient. Um, you lose that, that confidence. And um, I, just, I just think if you have that whole team approach and you're educating your patients and informing your patients, it's not only on the condition of their oral health and their whole body health, but it's also helping you in your diagnosis and your treatment plan and giving the patient the best option if you have that whole team approach. Um, for the team, if you, if you collaborate with everyone, um, it takes the guessing or trying to, to figure out what works in, in your office. Maybe you have people coming from all different practices. Maybe you have a new member. Um, they, they have to know what your goals are and, and how you collaborate and how you work at your particular office. Um, so that, that team approach helps the team out and they get out of that tunnel vision and that way they can kind of drive the boat in the right direction. And then they have the support from the whole team. And that goes with each individual, whether it be um, the dentist, the hygienist, um, the uh, administrative team, they're driving the boat at that particular time when they've got the patient there in front of them. And if you don't have that support on whoever comes in or whoever takes over that information, um, there's gonna be a loss in connection. For the doctors, it it helps them not have to micromanage or not have to be, be me, Tarzan, you, Jane, and <laughs> this is the way it's going to be because, you know, I've been around the block a time or two. This ain't my first rodeo. So I, I have worked with um, what you just explained. And um, it, it's, it's very frustrating um, to be able to spend the time and know that you have all this knowledge and you've just spent an hour with this patient or maybe an hour and a half, maybe two hours. It's a new patient. You have all this pertinent information, whether it be their health history, their dental history, 
all this information. And then it's just like, okay, well, we're going to do a crown on number three and they're not addressing the other things. I have to say that, that if, if you do the proper handoffs in each department and you're using the proper verbiage, um, then the patient is going to um, build that trust again and understand where you all are coming from. You've got to have those goals set up though. You've got to have the protocols. Everyone knows how, needs to know how you're talking about um, procedures, protocols, information, what you're saying, what you're not saying. So let's go down an interesting path here. It's one of funny because I wasn't really quite thinking we'd go down this path. We're going to go down it anyway. So part of the idea of a perfect example, you just nailed it on the head. I could be there for 45 minutes, do the greatest presentation I can for that patient. They're looking, they go, uh-huh. Yeah, I get it. I get it. They walk out. I go to the next page. The first thing they ask the front desk is, what did he say? And so that initially, you know, the, the staff would come up to me and say, the patient want to know what you had said. And so I realized the value of the front desk knowing, knowing everything and know all the information because they may have to repeat exactly word for word that I, that I end up going through. So part of that is the path and going down right now is, do you have a feeling like, for instance, with the staff, do you have, excuse me, with the team? I apologize. Yourself. <laughs> we, we talk about verbiage and I got myself on that with the team to go ahead and make sure. And what is the best way that everybody is on board? I mean, Obviously, I could say, oh, here's what we're going to do, but we have so much information that the, let's say, the, the front office doesn't really know or doesn't remember certain things. So how can we get them prepared to know all the information that we need to make sure that, we, that we're sharing back and forth so the patient gets the same information and not different information? So um, that's a really good question. And Thank you. It, <laughs> it all really comes back to those four different um, factors that I use in everything. Verbiage is number one. If you don't work on verbiage with your entire team, and we're actually, we're spending a whole day in, in two days, all on verbiage. The whole team meeting is about that. So we do a monthly meeting and it's always about something different. This one is about verbiage. So they know it, but then, you know, you kind of <laughs> get out of the routine. Lynn, so, can you do a quick favor? Could you kind of go over what your definition of verbiage is and really what we're trying to get across? Is it like, for instance, uh, a tooth is a following in information or how do you say things or what, what, how would you please define verbiage? Both. So okay. it's not just how you say it, but it's what you say. So first off, it's what you say. And when I get together with the team, um, I put certain words out and I'll, I'll put them on a list. This is what to say. This is what not to say. And then I have key phrases as well. Um, I don't want them to be a robot. I don't want you to regurgitate exactly what I say, but there's in that key verbiage in those words, they better be in what you're trying to say. Um, also, when we do a handoff, we use those same keywords and those same key phrases. Everybody here knows if I come up and say, she has some, you know, we've, we've done this for the day, we've done her periodontal maintenance, um, or we've done her debridement, and um, Mrs. Jones' um, doctor has diagnosed doing four sessions of laser periodontal therapy. Um, she has some financial concerns and questions for you about insurance. Have I answered all your questions, Mrs. Jones? 
And then you do that handoff. So, you know, they know up front that she's concerned about money or I'll say um, she she has some time constraints. So they know it's time. They know it's either time, money or fear. And so I'll bring up certain cues that let either the doctor know when he comes in and does the exam. I don't have to go front him on exactly what's going on. By the handoff that I do, he understands whether they're concerned about fear, time, or money. Um, he understands what, um, what I've gone over for the day. I have all their diagnostic information up. And then when they come up to the front, I've also done the same thing. I've done the same type of handoff and gone over their main concerns. So their clinical questions should not be huge. Um, if they do have a lot of clinical questions, I feel like I haven't done my job, which um, rarely happens, but <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done my job. But um, also the, the, the patients expect your administrative team to know everything that's going on in the back. Uh, they expect them to know every clinical procedure and step-by-step step what you're doing. They handle the money part of it, but they can't just say, okay, that'll be, you know, $350. And they go, well, they use the laser in there. What, what did they actually do? I, I don't know. They just, they use the laser in there. I don't know. Doctor uses this, you know, water lays and the hygienist uses this other purple laser. And, and, you know, I, I'm not really sure, but that'll be $350. Yeah, it, it costs them a lot of money. They have to be able to pay for it. So therefore yeah. that's why it's costing you money. They don't see yeah. <laughs> So they need to have that. I always say the, the, the administrative team and the clinical team, at least the assistants, they need to have the basic knowledge in all the different procedures. They can't be tunnel visions and say, this is, you know, I know what the doctor does with perioimplantitis. I know what he does with troughing and gingivectomies and phrenectomies. Well, then the hygienist, I, I, I you know, they've got to know that we're doing different procedures in the hygiene department and the type of laser that we're using. And the administrative um, team does know that as well. They know that, you know, we're using a soft tissue laser and a hard tissue laser and a soft tissue laser. They don't have to get into the physics and the nanometers and all that kind of stuff. They just need to know the basics. And we go over that information all the time. And it makes, again, it builds that confidence in the patients. I have to go back and make sure that I answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I think you answered about four or five different ways, but yes, <laughs> I think you actually did get it, but you do bring up more questions. So we talk, oftentimes we, in dentistry, we talk about the back office and the front office as if they're totally separate entities. You know, and so I think that the idea, like we always talk about, how do we get information from the back office to the front office, the front office to the back office, when the reality is, is it is all one office. And so that I think that your point being is the front office needs to be as educated and informed on procedures and things of that sort of what the back office is doing and vice versa. So with that in mind is, I guess my question for you is on a typical office. Now, fortunately, your office is very lucky to have you um, so that you can kind of guide them along. But on a typical office, this is going like, yeah, I'm totally clueless right now because I have no idea what I'm, what I'm going to be doing here. Um, I don't know how to, how to do this. What sort of, I guess, programs, what sort of guidance 
is available. And how would you tell somebody who's like, I'm clueless, help me to be able to get into the idea of, of combining the back office and the front office to be one office? Well, first off, um, I, I call it the administrative team and the clinical team. Verbiage. So- no, there's a <laughs> because front desk is a is actually a desk. It's a it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, verbiage. There you go. Point yeah. taken. I that I, I will make a correction on that on my part. But you know what? Honestly, I truthfully, these are very good points because you know there could be some at the front desk. Like I don't want to be called a front desk. You know, mm-hmm. I'm I like today's you know like administrative assistant. There, it's like give the people the titles that they're enti- the, the titles that they're entitled to. Give them the respect that they shouldn't have having. Don't call them a front desk. Well, no. if, if like for instance, if a patient asks me, how much is this laser treatment, or how much is this you know periodontal this non-surgical periodontal therapy that you're talking about? I have no clue is what I say to them. I, I know exactly how much it is, but I say, you know what? I really don't know any, any of that information, but Stephanie, our um, financial coordinator is excellent with that. So I call, you know, call it what it is. She's a financial coordinator. Or she, you know, is a treatment coordinator, whatever it is that, that it, you don't want to just be called a tooth cleaner. Or you don't want to be called a <laughs> you know, a bone gardener, you know, (laughs) something like that. Um, Just, you know, you don't have to fancy it up, but just call it what it is. And um, it makes the patient feel more comfortable. So your question, um, after I corrected you, then I can't remember (laughs) what your question was. Oh, so, you know, it really um, go back to the question. Sorry. So I guess part of it ended up being is what is the best way to get the information of educating the administrative team. Oh gosh, I mean, this is even tough for me, um, which I'm, thank you for being here because you're gonna help me out a lot. The the administrative team for getting them educated. Um, I know that like, for instance, we have a book that has different type of procedures um, on it. It, doesn't, it goes to some detail. And so, and again, the information is like, if somebody has a question, they can access that, that book or that information on certain procedures in case they end up forgetting about it. Um, and so with that, is it is there a certain way that is best to go ahead and transmit that information? Yes. Um, I'm sorry, Dr. John, but nobody's going to look at that book. <laughs> <laughs> you may have spent all that time writing that. Nobody's going to read it. I'm <laughs> and, I'm yeah. just telling you like it is. Is that why there's cobwebs on that book? I was wondering why <laughs> nobody's opened it. <laughs> oh, this, you know what? It, it's interesting because the same is with patients. I don't give them a brochure or I don't send them to the internet. I give them my own personal, what I've written myself, um, our information for the office. And I write all over it. So you need to do the same with your team. Get your team together. Don't open up the cobweb book. You may have it there as a reference, um, but open that up and say, what are the most common procedures that we do? And what are some of the questions that you have or that maybe that you've had the patients ask you and you were stumped? The last thing that I want our team to do is to answer a question by either guessing or answering it wrong. Um, So we always tell them, if you don't know, be very honest and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not 
exactly sure about that, but Lynn is our expert on that. Or, you know, Stephanie up at the front, she is excellent with that type of information. You, you've got to do that handoff, stay in your lane, know what you know, and, and be able to give that information to, to the patient. So it's the same way with the team. When you have, when you have a team, um, more, even in a morning huddle, if you look through the schedule and let's say you're doing a, a perioimplantitis, well, if, if there's an administrative team, whether they're new or they're not, just say, this is what we're going to be doing. If the patient has a question, these might be some of the questions that would come up. I ask my um, team members to write down questions as they go along. If we're all busy during the day, I said, just jot it down. Just say, you know, patient asked about post-operative instructions or bleeding or, you know, pain or what they should take, whatever it is, just write it down. Um, and then when we have a meeting, we can go over those and we let the whole team know. We write things down and we don't have, well, not necessarily booklets. We do have booklets, but that's how I know they don't get opened. Um, but we have little short, maybe a card or something like that that goes over, hey, I have cards all over the place that are laminated and they have all my verbiage on them. You know, they don't say cleaning. We don't say little. We don't say deep cleaning. Ugh. You know, that just sends shivers up my spine. We let the pay, and then they start saying, you know what, the patient was saying that over a review. They said cleaning. And I said, it's okay. They can say it. We just can't say it. <laughs> and I think the whole thing I did, like us not saying it. And, and again, I think the idea of, if I, if I have, if I understand this correctly, is part of that is, is professionalism. Part of that end up getting, getting the, the word across. We don't want to, to minimize by saying deep cleaning. You know, we want to really let them know exactly what it is and to, and to really stress the fact that the, the therapy that they actually are, are getting and, and achieving too. So I want to kind of go into another type of a team. And this team is actually a very important team. And it's a team between the doctor and the hygienist. Because I personally feel that the team between the doctor hygienist is probably regarding patient treatment, patient outcome, patient maintenance, the future of our patient care is really that strongest team. It is truly a relationship that the doctor and the hygienist must have. And if they're two separate entities, it's failure from the very beginning. So I would really like to get your feeling on this. And there's going to be like, I mean, put all the questions out there. I'm like to run with it. So part of it ends up being as being the doctor is that I truly feel that my, so for in my office, my hygienist really is my biggest support because, because she is able to a lot of times get information through her resources, education, uh, fellow um, hygienist um, uh, uh, courses, literature that is pertinent to what I do. And she can share that with me. And there are times I go, okay, I, I, I read that or I'm familiar with that. Um, but there are other times I go, I go, really? And so I will get the information, you know, get asked for more information. I'll look into some more information. So my question for you is in this team approach, how can the doctors and the hygienists basically support each other? How is it that the hygienist can help me as a doctor be a, a better doctor? And how is as a doctor, I can be more supportive or informative or instructional to the hygienist so that he, she could do the best that they can be. Okay. It's a loaded question. And it I, is. I love that I, 
question. I'm going to sit back here for the next hour. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'll start off and then you can get me back on track. But I'll start off with the handoff and um, how important it is to do the handoff. I'm I'm very fortunate to be in a situation that I'm at um, where the doctor respects everything that I'm doing in there and treats me like um, his level and a co-diagnostician, which we are, we're the co-diagnosticians. And I see if I'm walking by and he's doing a treatment and I have two seconds, I'm, I'm in there and I'm, I'm getting my gloves on and I'm watching and half the time I'm videotaping and taking photos because I'm really big into photography. Um, But if, if you just stay in your own lane, if you just stay with your little tunnel vision and let's say something simple as you're going in there and doing, or my doctor's going in there and doing a crown prep. And when, before I came on board, he would have to, he would say that he'd have to tie a tourniquet around to get it to stop bleeding. And so you know, the patients weren't necessarily maintained periodontally. So why are you putting something on a non-sound foundation? Now we work together to where if he's doing a prep or an emergency, it would be in an emergency visit um, and there's bleeding everywhere. He's not just looking at that crown on tooth number three. He's looking at their whole mouth. They're taking photos. They're taking scans. Um, they're looking at the whole oral condition as well as their oral health. I mean, as well as their whole body health. Um, So just the same as when I'm in the room, I'm not just looking at their perio charting. I'm not just looking at um, their, their gum disease. I'm looking at their occlusion and I'm looking at the, the old silver fillings. I can't even call them old silver fillings anymore because they're just silver fillings, right? They're amalgam fillings. They're not old. All of them are old, right? So, um, uh, open margins, um, airway, all those kind of things. I'm looking at everything and that, leads us to be able to collaborate more. It's not to overwhelm the patient. And certain times I know when to pull everything out and I know when to back off a little bit and do little baby steps for them. Um, But I, I, like I said, I'm very fortunate to have that respect from the doctor and he has the utmost respect from me for what he's doing in the operatory. And it, it shows the doctor constantly um, states, you know, information as he comes in. And do you know who you're, (laughs) do you know, who's going to be working on you? And she's got a lot of experience and we now know um, he uses the same exact verbiage that, that I use. So they heard it from me in there for 45 minutes. And then he comes in and he uses it in a totally different way of saying it, but all those key phrases are coming up and they're like, what, what's going on here? And then they come up to the front and maybe they'll use a couple more. And um, it, it really makes a huge difference. So that collaboration between the doctor, and I know you have the same thing in your particular practice um, with your hygienist and, and it's awesome. And you guys have been together so long that, you know, she is your left hand, as you've always said, (laughs) Um, but you just, you can finish each other's sentences, you know how to diagnose 
if another doctor comes in, I'm like, I, I don't even know where to, you know, where to go with this. If I was, I have a hard time if I were to ever attempt, because I like to get comfortable with that particular doctor and know exactly how they diagnose, because that helps me and how I co-diagnose. I think what's kind of nice about, about like in my situation, I think in any sort of hygienist doctor relationship is that they should actually have a way of communicating. In other words, ask questions. If, if the hygienist has, has a question about something, ask the questions. Um, like for instance, like if there's a, if the doctor has seen something that they go, gee, I'm frustrated about this, ask the hygienist what, what he, she thinks about it and vice versa. So I think that the idea of the communication is, always ask the questions. It's funny as I mentioned about that my hygienist was my uh, left hand. That's right, because she's left-handed. But anyway, um, so, and I told her I was not going to go ahead and mention that on this podcast. So hopefully she won't listen and hear this. But anyway, um, I think that the idea is, is learning and education is not only the, the ability to, to, to speak up and to ability to listen, but also the ability to ask. I think that's what the question is. And so, so fortunately, Cheryl, my hygienist, sees things and she wants to know. So she's constantly asking and asking, or I'll ask her what she sees. You mentioned the idea of respect. I'm a huge fan of respect. Matter of fact, with the patient there at the very end of the appointment, I was always acknowledged, nice job, Cheryl, good job. Because in fact, I think it's not only important that, that she understands the fact that I, again, she did a great job, but the patient hears that also. Because it's like, I think the patient understands and realizes, gosh, if I hear the doctor say, nice job, I had a good job done. Um, and if there's any areas that require us to discuss afterwards, we can discuss it afterwards. So that and again. On, yeah. on that note, I always go back to verbiage. I know that's me. I always go back to verbiage. I'm always concerned about something. I'm concerned about this area. I'm concerned about that area. Doctor, can you please? I'm really concerned about, you know, that tooth on the upper left-hand side or that, um, that bleeding on the upper left-hand side. Uh, we're always really concerned. And doctor does the same thing back to me, or he'll say, what did you, you know, what did you think about this particular area? I am concerned because I'm seeing an open margin, you know, what was, um, was there inflammation? Was there bleeding on probing? Was there, um, you know, a pocketing around that tooth? Um, what is your, what were your findings? Um, and so we can banter back and forth and say what we're concerned about. So I yeah. think that's a really important word to use all the time. Yeah. And, and like I said, prior to me walking in, Cheryl oftentimes will point out the problem areas. I'll walk in and I'll acknowledge to the patient. Cheryl found the following areas. I'm going to be looking at them. And if they are problem areas and I explain, you know, why they're problem areas and maybe what the options are at that point. And then, and, and sometimes Cheryl will go into the uh, treatment um, options also, which we will be talking about on our next uh, podcast. So the main thing is, I think that both of us are getting out of this is the fact of being the doctor and the hygienist being supportive of one another. Um, and I think that's probably kind of a, a key thing um, on that. Um, and I think if um, on that note, um, I know you, I'm pretty sure you do the same thing because we had mentioned it to each other, but um, Dr. Wolf and I meet um, almost every evening unless he's got to <laughs> jam out of here. Um, so usually every 
every, we have our morning huddle with everybody and then we may break off and, and talk about a particular case. Um, but almost every evening I meet with my hygiene team. There's three hygienists here and we all meet at the end of the day and just go over, Hey, what would you do in this case? What would you, you know, what do you think of this? Um, take a load of this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, doctor and I do the same thing. So if it's not every day, um, at least the end of the week, we, and then, you know, sometimes on the weekend or at, at two o'clock in the morning, we're talking about, you know, research and stuff that we stumble onto and, you know, I can't sleep and I'm just sending it over on an email to him. And he's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, do you ever sleep? Um, so I think that constant that's education, right? And it's like, Hey, get a load of this. Have you ever seen this? Um, there's a really good article on this particular procedure or this particular patient. Um, it just, it, it keeps you up to date and it keeps you, keeps you going and, and collaborating together. So let's take that a step further. So you get information, you go to a, a seminar, you go to, to, to get some education over weekend and you get some great information you want to share. You're excited, you're happy, things like that. And you think this is going to totally change the practice. How do you deliver that to the doctor at, at a timely manner where all of a sudden he, she is not thinking about something else because we all get in the morning. And the last thing I'm thinking about is I don't care what you did in the week, which found out I've got to get the following things done. When or how do you go ahead and do that? And once as, the, as the, the, the doctor hygienist team and you agree on something, how do you go ahead and deliver that to the rest of the team? So that can be situational, um, saying that, you know, maybe we, we took a course on photobiomodulation or, you know, he took a course on all on fours or something like that or scanning. Um, we we want to know all that information, but um, we also expect whoever went to it to come back with a report. Um, just kind of summarize everything. Again, we don't want to be in here and then them give us all these booklets and say, or the, uh, them sending us the presentation and going, hey, take a look at this. Um, you know, we will. We'll Doctor and I will go through everything, but no, nobody else will do that. Um, so we need to kind of summarize things. And it, it, it's the most frustrating thing. And I know it is for a lot of um, hygienists that I'll train is they'll come into a course and we'll do a hands-on course and we'll do an all-day course. And they're so excited to go back to the office. And then there's always one there's always one person that's Debbie Downer and they're going, Oh, great. Susie's coming back. And she's, she's on her high horse about using lasers now. And she's going to do this. It, it's again, they don't know what they don't know. So they just need to be educated. They can't be overwhelmed with the information, just like patients. We don't want to overwhelm them. We want to give them the basic information, whatever they want to know, what are their concerns? Because everybody on your team is a little bit different. So maybe they don't, they don't care about the whole body health. Maybe they do. We'll go about it that way. So you treat, it's a lot of psychology. You treat your patients just the way you would teach your, teach your, teach your team members, say that three times, and just like you would have a conversation with your doctor. So it's not always the appropriate time. Um, to have a meeting, you know, everyone goes and you meet every day. Well, you know, maybe it's for 30 seconds. Maybe it's for a minute. Maybe it's for 30 minutes. 
Um, but it's that it's that connection. Maybe it's on the phone for a little bit just to get that connection going. And then at your you know main meetings, whether you have monthly meetings, whether you have you know every other month, something like that, you can really spend time on one particular subject. And if you're if you do those particular subjects, whether it be verbiage, whether it be um, information on a particular procedure, that's it's going to increase your ROI. I mean, you're you're only going to get these patients to come back and have different procedures, and it, you know, with your that'll lead into another question. I'm sure that you'll ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know me too well. So 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 part of it is, I always look at the team and I come in with something like a, maybe a procedure or something like that, that I want to share with everybody. And ultimately the one thing that affects each individual, the team is how does this affect me? The administrative team is going, how does it affect me? How do I schedule the patient? How do I bill for this? How do I do that? It's nice to know the information, but how does it affect me? The, the hygienist is going to be good. It's going to be is how does it affect me and how am I going to go do my maintenance? Is it going to affect and how I do things? Yes. How much time more time is it going to take? Cause we all know that we started off by doing um, one hour maintenance therapy and we've added what about 50 things to our one hour um, to go ahead and get done. Yeah. So, and anyway, that's a whole nother subject, but anyway, but so, so part of that ends up being is how does it affect, how does it affect me? So let's kind of, I guess I want to say right now is we have, you started off with your four primary factors that you have. And so why don't we kind of take what we discussed so far and summarize it with your four primary factors of how it really relates to this team approach, if you don't mind. Okay. So if you're doing this whole team approach and you're using the verbiage and you're getting your education and you're, you're learning about safety, um, it, if you're all collaborating together, it's again, it's a win-win situation. It's whether you have goals for your team members, whether it be financial goals, you know, it could be or production goals or procedure goals, whatever that is, or just you know, feeling good about taking care of your patients in the optimum way, um, you're able to enhance that with doing this whole team approach. If I, for instance, I'm just going to say a procedure. So doctors in there doing um, a surgical procedure, whatever he does, or an endo or something like that, we always go in and and use a laser doing, you know, some photobiomodulation or pain therapy or something like that before and after the procedure. He could do that himself, but guess what? He calls us in to do it. And why does he do that? He does it because we've either seen the patient and we have a rapport with the patient, but he wants the patient to see that we're a team and we all work together. And then you've got, you know, one of the assistants coming in and doing the scanning and, and doing all this, um, all these different procedures in there. That whole team approach is going to make the patients feel so much more comfortable. They're going to be more apt to do these particular procedures because now they're educated. They're seeing you all working as a team. Um, the biggest point that the hygienist will say is I don't have time. 
I don't have time. How would you fit this in? I know it's difficult. I can't, I would be lying if I ever said that I don't ever run behind because I always do everything comprehensive. And so if I'm going to run over five minutes, I would rather do that and be very comprehensive and spend the time with the next patient. Um, and we have a good team approach that way too, because somebody will take that patient back. Somebody will go over their health history and take their blood pressure and um, do, you know, give them the, the pre-rinse and all that information, take photographs, whatever it is. Um, I'm getting off track. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, so it's interesting when you mentioned about the time factor and the maintenance therapy visit. So I'm a firm believer that there are many times that we will bring up something to a patient that ultimately they want more information about. And we realize we don't have the time for it. And I have no problem going over and saying, we need to discuss this further. You have more questions. I don't want to just go over this quickly. Let's set up a time specifically so we can address the following. If it's their question, if it's a treatment recommendation and go for there. So we could thoroughly go ahead. And that way that I don't make my hygienist behind on time, because we all know that if, if we get behind, the hygienist is upset, the patient's upset. So if we try to stay on time, the best we possibly can. And I think that, that the whole idea is that, that, especially with maintenance therapy, is that if there is a subject or something that comes up that we need to make recommendation for, make the time for it, have them come back and go ahead and, and, and discuss it. By and that they, one- They, I'm sorry, they no, may not need to come back and sit in the clinical chair. Correct. That's why we have consult rooms. That's yes. why we have computers and, and you have all your, the main thing to get down is all your documentation. So you have your photographs, you have your, um, your periodontal evaluations. Um, we have um, our digital scans. We have our CT scans. We have our two-dimensional imaging. We have all that information in front of us. And now we have Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we have Zoom. And the nice thing about that team approach with your administrative team is that every single one of our administrative team will know how to pull up all those diagnostic tools. They may not be able to read a CT scan. They know how to pull it up. They know what to put up. They know to put up the original, maybe the pano at the very beginning, and then we can work through it. They know how to pull up um, the Florida probe, the voice works. They know how to pull up all the imaging. And then it's all in there in front of them too. They already saw that in the clinical team. Well, now it's in there in front of them and they look very educated and they can they can say, you know, look at this photo on, you know, this front tooth right here. See how this is discolored or the gum tissue is really inflamed. I know Lynn talked to you about um, these particular areas of concern. So it just, it, it kind of helps the whole team if, if everyone is on board with that and everyone in the clinical team knows how to take all those diagnostic uh, information. And then they also know how to either pull it up or to basically read it. Thank you. Lynn, this honestly has been extremely educational, extremely enlightening since I already did a couple of things that uh, wrong that we had discussed, which is good for me to know because sometimes we don't really know what we're saying or how we're saying it. I, um, and so it's been, like I said, extremely educational, extremely informative. And I really hope that all the listeners out there are going to understand that ultimately, if we want to get an end goal out of this, it really is, is all about the team approach. And I think the whole idea of the team, this team approach is, is not only patient care, it's going to end up being employee morale, because ultimately 
you know, how the, how the, the staff, I'm sorry, the team members feel um, about their office and their doctor is going to be reflected upon the respect that everybody get, ends up getting one another. And hopefully we can end up avoiding this, you know, like, like bickering because everybody happens to have a, a degree of success. And then for the doctors, ultimately increase in production. The more informed we are, the better we work as a team. And the more that the patients I'm seeing that we're working as a team, um, I think makes them feel more comfortable about coming into the office. So Lynn, thank you very much for all your information and all your insight, insight and everything else. Well, thank you, Dr. John. And thank you to BioLays for allowing me to do this podcast. I enjoyed it. And we got uh, at least one, probably two more coming out of this uh, which, uh, for coming up. And I got to tell you, I'm really, really excited about it. So the next um, actually podcast or two are going to be uh, discussing the initial, the next one is going to be about diode therapy or diode lasers. Um, and we're going to be really kind of going into a lot of detail about it uh, regarding the idea of, I think Lynn really stressed the safety and things of that sort uh, with it, the types of treatments that we can end up doing things, things like that. We also want to kind of hit on, which will probably end up being a third podcast of, of different types of therapies that are found in maintenance therapy um, that, pay, that sometimes the hygienists and doctors have questions about. Why do we do this? What's the biology behind it? What are the treatment options? So we're going to be going into that because Lynn and I both firmly agree the fact that we have all these treatment options for a reason. And the reason is because not one therapy fit will fit every patient. And so I think the idea is we need to make sure we pick the correct therapy for, for that, that correct patient. So I'd like to go ahead and thank all the listeners for listening to us today. And I'm looking forward to... Uh, having you guys on our uh, next podcast. So uh, thank you very much again. Thank you, Lynn. Thank and, you. Uh, and cheers, everyone. Good night. Goodbye. Good day. Thanks for joining us for another Advancing Dentistry podcast. Opinions expressed are those of individual doctors and do not necessarily represent BioLace. Please refer to your individual state governing bodies for laws pertaining to laser usage. To learn more about WaterLace, all tissue, and Epic Diode Laser technology, visit BioLace.com forward slash podcast.